Today on the Scott Radley Show on 900 CHML. Oops, we did it again. Taxpayers' money flying around. Ah, but you know what? Uh, This may be the good news story about taxpayers' money, though. I think that this may be the good news story of the day about taxpayers' money because the government is trying to bring back into the bank account what should be there. I want to bring in Jay Goldberg. He's the Ontario Director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. He joins us now. Jay, how are you tonight? Very good. Great to be with you. Uh, you too. You know, usually when we talk, it's about money that is going out that we say, is that really necessary or are they spending it wisely? As I say, this seems to me, maybe it's time for a pat on the back that the federal government has said, you know what? Yeah, we sent money to a whole bunch of people who shouldn't get it. But rather than simply saying what that song just said, oops, we did it again. They are trying to fix this. That sounds positive, doesn't it? Well, I definitely think that uh, it's it's important to recognize that uh, obviously the CERB program started on a very emergency basis. Unfortunately, these overpayments went out for for months and months, if not years afterwards, uh, well over a year. And so certainly you can understand if the government's creating this program quickly that, uh, you know, maybe three, four weeks, things would have been off. Unfortunately, the government sent out a heck of a lot of money it shouldn't have. Uh, but, you know, you do make a very good point. Uh, it is good to see that taxpayer dollars are going, hopefully, back to where they're supposed to be from. Now, uh, obviously, there are a lot of concerns of with people who legitimately thought they should have been getting the money, spent the money, and then all of a sudden they're getting these big uh, bills coming back from the CRA. So that's definitely going to be a concern as well for those who legitimately thought they were getting the money. And all of a sudden, they've got the CRA banging on their door asking for thousands of dollars. But on the whole, obviously, it's, it's, it's better that the CRA is looking after this to some extent than just writing off billions of taxpayer dollars completely. That's And see, that was my concern back on day one, because I, I, I agreed with the idea of helping people out in a desperate, desperate situation. But I do remember at that time, the federal government saying, we're not asking people to prove that they qualify. We're just, we're sending out the checks. We're getting the checks in their hands. And my immediate thought was, yeah, good luck at the end of this trying to undo the mistakes that you do make in a process like this. But again, it seems they're at least trying to do this. Whether it can happen for the very reasons you said is another question. If, if, if Jay Goldberg was one of those people who thought that he legitimately was receiving CERB, used the money, spent the money, and now you get a bill for $10,000, I don't know how you're getting that money back. Well, again, that's exactly what's so concerning. And, uh, you know, it could end up being that uh, individuals, again, who, like the example of myself, you cited uh, perhaps $10,000, all of a sudden they're told they owe to the CRA. And what will probably end up happening is any kind of tax refunds they're supposed to get going forward might be held, uh, you know, if they can't pay the money back. And, and who knows what other benefits could potentially be affected but, you know, uh, again, I think it was perhaps the right thing to do for the first three, four, five, six weeks to, to you know, really get this money to the hands of people that needed it. But unfortunately, I do think the government took far too long to figure out that this strategy of blindly giving money out to everybody who puts their name forward and not even educating Canadians enough about who should actually be qualifying for this money uh, this is the end result. This is the end result we're seeing because 
uh, of the lack of explanations, the lack of tightening the program early on. And so a lot of this definitely falls at the feet of the government. But again, um, you know, it's very difficult to make the distinction between Canadians who, you know, got the benefit, uh, thought they deserved it, spent it, and all of a sudden they're hearing from the CRA, and then those who legitimately took the benefit, knowing that they were not supposed to be qualifying for it. And so, again, it's obviously a nuanced uh, position and answer I'm giving you, but I think it's the view that you share, which is that it's good that uh, the CRA is trying to get taxpayer dollars back from where it shouldn't have gone. That's a good thing. But, of course, there's concerns about those folks who legitimately thought they were taking it. And again, we're talking about like $3.2 billion. So it's, I mean, again, $3.2 billion with the dollars that we've heard in recent years from the government, it doesn't sound like all that much money. It's still $3.2 billion. It's not, uh, it's not peanuts. That's two or three nice new hospitals somewhere that, uh, that should be brought in. How does it though, how does it happen that, and I believe there are a lot of these people who very legitimately did not mean to do anything wrong. They very legitimately thought they were entitled to this money and as a result, they accepted it. How does it happen that we could be giving out money and you don't know that you are or are not eligible? That should, again, I understand that this had to happen quickly, but at some point, that if there is one knock against this program to me, besides the length of time that it went on for, it is... How could you make a program that is so confusing that someone legitimately with perfect intentions could end up doing something wrong without ever meaning to, because it was unclear? Well, this is exactly the the situation, unfortunately, that the program caused. And and I think that, uh, you know, there's not everything that we can learn from our American neighbors, but, uh, you know, they, they, they created the PPP program, the Paycheck Protection Program in the United States, that essentially kept workers who would have lost their jobs connected to those employers, getting their salaries uh, and figuring things out that way. So uh, it led to a lot less confusion because salary was still being paid through the businesses. Uh, and so you had in Canada this very confusing situation where it was unclear uh, whether you had to completely lose your job and all of your income to qualify, whether if you happened to work two jobs and you lost one of them, whether you would qualify under that circumstance. Uh, and that's why, I mean, in my view, it, it really should have been connected to trying to keep people uh, gainfully employed until the pandemic passed. I think the Americans did that a lot smarter than we did here in Canada. Um, but again, the government, you can excuse a few weeks or even a couple of months of not getting this program right. But I think the, the federal government was far too slow to come out and articulate exactly who should be qualifying for this program. And if they needed to get money out of the door quickly for the first few weeks, that's fine. But to be making the same mistake for months and months, if not more than a year, which of course the program did go on for too long. Um, but that's the question. How is it the case that the government could, it's not that they made mistakes in the first few weeks of the program and figured things out. It's that the mistakes went on for so long. And, you know, that's the really concerning thing. The other thing, and I'd love to get your thought on this because I, I certainly have an opinion and it's not a kind one. The CRA says they've already discovered about 25,000 cases of fraudulent payments tied to identity theft. To me, look, once again, if the idea behind this program was for kindness and to try and help people out, if you, not by accident, if you used identity theft or something else where it was a very specific thing you did knowing you were doing something wrong, 
to me, there should be absolutely no mercy on this one. If you're going to have programs where the government comes in to help people out and you are one of those people who intentionally tries to rip it off, to me, there should be, they should be going after these people with everything they've got under the law to charge them and penalize them heavily because we're going, otherwise, what is the possible deterrent from doing this again? Well, that's exactly the the point. I think that if the only punishment for these individuals is that they're told to pay the money back, well, then they're going to be lumped in with all those people who took CERB who legitimately thought they were able to qualify for right. it. Yeah. And I mean, it's so concerning that you would find this many incidents of identity theft and you really have to ask the question, you know, how easy is it for, uh, you know, hackers to access Canadian information and data if there were this many cases of fraudulent applications? I think to 25,000. I mean, it's astounding. And definitely they've got to be, you know, pursued to the full extent that they can through the law. And there should be some sort of criminal punishment there because obviously identity theft in itself is a crime. Uh, but this as well just uh, exacerbated problems with the program. So I couldn't agree more. They definitely need to uh, take a very hard look at this, but go after anyone who's been identified as attached to identity theft because this was a time when Canadians were in desperate need uh, and to have people take advantage of the system as it's clear that that happened. And no doubt uh, there's probably 25,000 cases of fraudulent payments, but I, I have no doubt that a lot of the, the incidents probably is the same person taking fraudulent payments for, you know, a five, 10, 20 different people. And so you know, this is, you know, clearly uh, it's, it's unfair. It's a scam uh, against individuals and it's a fraud uh, with the government. And I think the CRA does need to go after them and there needs to be more of a punishment than just asking them to pay the money back. I, especially when we have other programs that are coming out now, um, the Canadian, the interim Canadian dental benefits going to be coming out. The things where it's kind of operating on the same wavelength where you just, you, you let us know that you need this or you qualify and we will try and help you. If there is not a strong message sent to these people who, again, not the ones who made a mis- an honest mistake, but the ones who clearly did something intentionally wrong, then somehow we are missing the boat entirely. And, and, and I don't know that we'll ever hear about charges, but uh, heaven knows we should. Yeah, heaven knows we should is absolutely right. And this is a big concern with some of the programs that the federal government's been rolling out Particularly, I mean, CERB was a case where obviously you're facing a pandemic emergency. Uh, this dental benefit, um, this is not a case where all of a sudden it's an emergency situation. The funding needs to get out the door within a matter of days or weeks. This is the kind of program that it's going to cost a heck of a lot of taxpayer dollars that we should be having the back end present to make sure that anyone who claims and gets this dental benefit is pre-qualified and, you know, someone Mm. examines whether or not the person uh, should be getting the benefit, whether it means looking at, uh, uh, you know, your tax statement from the previous year, other data the government has. But, you know, we have to make a distinction between the CERB, which was an emergency program, and and the dental benefit. You know, obviously it's going to go to certain families that, that need the benefit. And, you know, it's a government policy goal that they've laid out there and they've put before Canadians. But, this program should have enough lead up time that it should be structured in a way that will 
prevent the kind of fraud we saw with CERB. And the very fact that we're relying on the honor system again for a program like this, that's extremely troubling because you know, I don't want to be back here. Fool me once, right? I enjoy coming on your show. Yeah, yeah, no, but fool. Back here a year from now. Fool me once. About twenty-five incidents, or twenty-five thousand incidents. Yeah, no. We if you don't learn, um, it's on you. I mean, this this one was unique, but if they don't learn from this one to fix the next one, then it's you know it's on them, and I don't think we are nearly as uh, and and rightly so, and anyone else should be nearly as kind towards it. Uh, Jay Goldberg, interim Ontario director of, or Ontario director of the, of the Canadian, I'll get it right. Ontario director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. You know what? I got to write it down next time as opposed to remembering it. Uh, Jay Goldberg, thanks for doing this today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Great to be with you. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Let me bring Tom in here. Tom's on the other side of the glass today. Tom, we, um, as I mentioned earlier in the show, I have started, uh, and I'm not advertising for this. I'm just saying I started a GoFundMe for a friend of mine who's having health problems and just to help them raise money because there's a lot of expenses to go along with it. Anyway, it got me thinking, I wonder what people have been successful with, with crowdfunding, GoFundMe and things like that. And it turns out that there have been some bizarre things people have asked for, have asked people for support to finance that have been very successful. Now, not all. We will tell you about a few that crashed and burned. Nonetheless, give you some examples of ones that worked here. Uh, Number one, a gun. Now, it's not a real gun. It's called Bug Assault. Bug Assault. And it uses table salt in a style of gun that lets you attack ants and other bugs in your house and kill them. If you don't want to put out a trap and you want to have more fun by shooting salt around the house, they sought $15,000 to make this thing happen. The people behind it, they thought that would be enough to get stuff going with it, to get some made so they can put it on the market. They got $577,000 from people. Well, obviously, Scott, I mean, I'm listening to that description. I want a bug assault and I don't even have a bug problem. (laughs) Yeah, it could be eyeball assault. You could like easily just put salt into someone's eyeball. Wouldn't kill them, but it would be unpleasant. But yes, it would be, uh, yeah, there's one. All right. Now this one, you may have seen one of these. These are, these are sold on Amazon. This has done very, very well as a product. I understand because they are not all that unusual. Have you seen the ostrich pillow? The, the what now? The ostrich pillow. This is, this is designed apparently mostly for travelers. It is a pillow that, well, it really looks, it's, it's almost a hat, but you put this thing on your head and it totally covers your entire head. So you can't see your face. You can't see the back of your head. And it's got two holes by the ears. And the idea is you could be on a plane or you could be somewhere where you lean your head down and rest. It's a built-in it's a built-in pillow and you can put your hands in to support it. It's, it. You're putting your head in a hole like an ostrich does. <laughs> so people can't see any part of your head, but it gives you a soft landing place to sleep. What does it even look like from the outside? Because I'm imagining like- It looks uh, like a diaper for your head, <laughs> honestly. Because I'm, I'm just imagining like a head-shaped, like a uh, skin tone colored thing that it's, has no face. No, just it's just scare children as it walks it's, by. Okay. Did you ever see Mr. Bean's Christmas? I think so. Yeah. Like uh, years ago, probably. Okay. Spoiler alert. If you're going to watch Mr. Bean's Christmas this winter and you've never seen it, 
just don't listen for the next second. But a scene in Mr. Bean's Christmas has him get his head stuck in a giant turkey's butt while he's trying to find something that got lost in the turkey and he puts his head in to find it. That's what this looks like. It looks exactly oh. like Mr. Bean wearing a turkey on your head, only it's gray. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll, be on look, I'll be on the lookout for that next time I go on a flight. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the developers needed or put up a GoFundMe or a, a crowdsourcing campaign goal of $70,000. Got 194000 for that one. That was, uh, that's pretty good. Uh, this one, this is ridiculous. Um, people, people have heard about this before. There are stories every once in a while that someone has grilled up a sandwich and then they think they see the face of Jesus on the bread or on the toast or something, or, well, someone decided, you know what? Okay, fine. We're going to make a grilled cheese sandwich maker that intentionally puts the face of Jesus on every piece of bread. It's called the Jesus. Um, it, uh, they got $25,604 from people to manufacture that and get it out on the market. Isn't the whole like magic behind that supposed to be that it's not intentionally exactly. there, you just see it? Exactly. It kind of loses some of the miraculousness yeah. of it. It would be more of a miracle now if it didn't show up. Um, <laughs> uh, the, okay, here's one, um, back in 2013, Somebody decided that Jewish people needed something, some special way to celebrate Thanksgiving. So they created the Minerki. It's a menorah ceramic turkey where you have candles in the turkey's tail feathers that you can plop in there. It's, I, I, I don't, there is a part of me. And so, uh, you know, forgive me if this is the case. It's not intentional. There's a part of me that thinks it's probably almost sacrilegious, but nonetheless, uh, the Minerki was something that they wanted uh, $25,000. They got $50,000 from people to be able to support this one. Crowdsourcing. I'm telling you, it's the way to go. It is the way to go. It is the way to go. This one might be the stupidest. And it's a shame that I can't show people this because we're on radio, but this may be not only the stupidest, but also the ugliest. Um, They, uh, uh, some people on Kickstarter asked for help to raise money to build, to, to produce, and then sell the five o'clock shadow. The five o'clock shadow is for lack of a better word, a toque for your face, for men's face. It looks like a beard that has been knitted. (laughs) Your lip, your lips are open. And otherwise though, it goes around and it looks like a really, it, it looks like a, a beard that hasn't been washed in years. And it's kind of almost got that like dreadlocky kind of thing going on. I can't tell if you're describing the product or an actual five o'clock shadow right now is no, it's, it's, describing. it's, um, it's called the beard hug, the beard hug, the beard hug. And it looks unbelievably uncomfortable and itchy and really ugly, mm-hmm. but she, the person who was behind this, um, she got all the money and more that she needed to do that one. Uh, a couple more here for, um, uh, successful ones. This one, this one actually got a deal from Shark Tank where oh. after they had got the thing started to begin with, with a Kickstarter campaign, it is called Illu- Illumi Bowl. The Illumi Bowl. And what it is, it's a, a motion activated toilet bowl light 
multicolored lights so when you go into the bathroom at night, it looks like the aliens have landed and the spaceship light is coming out of the toilet bowl. I think I know a few people in my inner circle who who have those or have looked into getting those for their own homes. I've seen that I've walked into their bathroom I've uh, for whatever we had to go in there. I would see that the lights are off, but there's a light coming from the toilet. What's coming up right now? <laughs> yeah. See, the purple one, okay, you know, have a purple one. That's fine. But if you have the green one, does that not have kind of a – Christmas vacation, Uncle Eddie by the sewer kind of vibe to it with toxic stuff coming out of your toilet. <laughs> the, the, the light is just predicting what you're about to do. No, oh, yeah. Uh, they uh, they sought $20,000 to make this happen. They got $95,000 for well, that one. Like I said, people want their toilets to glow. Uh, here was someone who decided that um, since everybody, everybody loves the smell of fresh cooked bacon – which is true. I mean, we, I think even, I don't know if people who don't eat bacon, who people who don't eat pork for either vegan or religious or otherwise reasons, I still think you probably, I'm guessing they probably still like the smell. Like bacon mm-hmm. is a delicious smell. You don't have to eat it. You can still say that smells really good. So everyone likes the smell of bacon. So she decided she was going to make meat soap. Uh, <laughs> Wait. It was soap. It was just that. It was hand soap that was designed to specifically smell like fresh cooked bacon. When you wash your hands, your hands are going to smell like bacon fat. Got all the money she sought and more. Yeah, I can imagine that people really wanted that. But once they actually got it, how successful was it at that point? And, uh, they, don't, they don't go into the follow-up here. <laughs> all right. Well, one more here on this one. The Candwich. This may be the dumbest idea ever, at least, well, not ever, in this list, the dumbest idea. Because, right. you know, a sandwich can be cumbersome. You have to have two pieces of bread and you have to have product in between and then you have to carry it around. What would be more convenient than a sandwich? How about a sandwich in a can? Oh, that just sounds gross. Well, it kind of does. Yeah. It kind of does. I mean- this, this, as soon as I heard this, I flashed back to a movie that saw years ago. I've watched it a few times. Many people may have seen it. It was Steve Martin in The Jerk. And at, in one part in the movie, he's at a country fair with his leather-wearing girlfriend, and they go get pizza in a cup, which was a stupid idea at the time, but not as dumb as PB and J in a can. Yeah, like, I, I, not even PBJ, like any sort of sandwich in time. Like I've bring, brought sandwiches to school and work. Uh, and dear listener, you can even comment on this if you text us. But uh, when you bring it to where you got to go, you find that when you actually pull it out of the fridge to eat, the lettuce or everything else is just sogging that bread. And it just d- But imagine wrong. it's been sitting in a can for a year. That's even worse. <laughs> Uh, here's one that did unbelievably well. This is a one that is, is now th- there was a, a catch to this one though. Someone put on uh, a crowdfunding campaign. They wanted to create the laser razor. It was going to be a razor for your face that used a laser that was very precise right against your skin to burn off the hair. It generated $4 million in people putting their money towards it. 
before it was taken down because the rules of this are that you must have a prototype. You can't just throw up there, I'm going to create a whatever. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create a human with 70 years. I mean, you have to have something that you can put up there. Um, and of course, you know what, I, is it really going to be safe to shave with a laser that is sharp enough or powerful enough to whip off the, the hairs? You probably also whip off several layers of your skin nonetheless. Um, sprayable energy. Sprayable energy. This is like coffee, except that you just spray the caffeine directly onto your tongue and you don't have to actually go through the hassle of, and the enjoyment, honestly, of drinking the coffee. But yes, yeah. it was, um, that, that one did well. That one got, pulled in $170,000 for sprayable energy. But who would want to not drink coffee? Well, that's kind of, yeah, it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of an unusual one. Um, so, uh, here's one, a guy decided in Georgia decided he was going to, uh, crowdfund to raise enough money to do a census of squirrels in the parks of Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> how in the world you would do a census? <laughs> how, how do you possibly keep track of which squirrel is which to count them properly? But he got, he, he exceeded his limb, his, his uh, request of $7,500. He made $9,000. 9000 for this? For, he made $9,000 for this. Yep. Why? Why? Uh, okay, a couple more. Um, in 2011, a New York-based performance artist went on crowdsourcing because he needed money to build the world's largest jockstrap. <laughs> Okay. Now, now, see, I'm not, it it doesn't express here. It doesn't explain when it says world's largest jockstrap, does it just mean that he was like something that you could still wear, but that was going to make everybody think, oh, look at that performance artist. I mean, look, wow. I mean, look at the size of him. Uh, Or, or if this was like comically enormous, like the kind of thing that, you know, you would put outside a building and go, look, that's a giant jockstrap. Um, doesn't matter. Anyway, he, uh, he got $854 on crowdsourcing, which apparently was enough to make it. Really? <laughs> Who knew? Wow. Um, and, uh, one more success story in, um, in, in Barcelona, they raised over $8,000 to pay for a giant sculpture head of Lionel Richie. Why do you want um, a giant Lionel Richie head? Hmm. I'm I, sure there are reasons. <laughs> I, I do not know what the reason for that was. Now, a couple failures. A couple that did not make the mark. I'm surprised none of these have been failures, but go on. They, the, all the ones so far were ones that succeeded. They all got the money they were looking for on crowdsourcing. I'm telling you, it's the way to go. If you've got an idea, just go on social media, go on GoFundMe or whatever else, and who knows what might happen. Um, this one doesn't even make sense which is why it only raised $130. Only six people donated to it and it failed miserably. Women's invisible panties. <laughs> wait. Okay, so so now you're thinking, oh, wait, okay, that makes sense because you don't want panty lines. And so this is something that would make it so that, no, no. These were literally panties made from clear material so that it looked like you weren't wearing panties. At which point you say, well, then why wear anything? Why are you wearing something that you can see right through that looks like it's saran wrap? Yeah. First of all, very uncomfortable sounding. Yeah. Very warm. And 
if you're not going to wear something that keeps you a little bit, you know, private, um, why do it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure this inve- the, there was a better invention that came out many, 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 many years ago. They're called pants, uh, yeah. and they are very effective. Yeah, no, that's exactly that's exactly what it is. All right, uh, one more uh, that it was a failure uh, that didn't raise the money that it was looking for. Uh, it was looking for twenty five thousand dollars. It only raised three hundred and thirty two. It was <sighs> a watermelon holder. It was a specially designed carrying contraption for watermelons if you were bringing it home from the market, I guess. Um, unfortunately, uh, it appears that it had to be exactly the right size watermelon or else it was either too big or too small and would either not fit in or would fall out and not achieve the purpose. So yes, uh, $25,000 didn't quite do it, only got 332 So anyway. Yeah. There's that. <laughs> uh, but you can, you, you can, you can find money on these places. I'm telling you, I, I've been amazed at uh, how some of the places that have done well. The Scott Radley Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML. The Scott Radley Show podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Radley. Thanks again for listening. And do not forget to subscribe to this podcast. It is free. You will never miss an episode and also, be sure you rate us and review us. Whatever you think of us, we'll take it. Thanks for listening.